try and actually do a proper intro on this one instead of just my like uh, uh, side questing <laughs> podcast intro that I that I normally do, just kind of vomit words. So, uh, hello everyone. Oh, this is already going terribly. I already hate it. Tom, side questing podcast episode twenty. Episode twenty. Number twenty. This is this is ten more episodes than we made on the old podcast. So I it think is. that's reason for celebration. Good we're milestone. one episode. We're one episode away from drinking age. True. We already technically are drinking age if you count the anime episodes, but true. You know, not the mainline true. episodes. So depends. True. But according to certain people, if you watch anime, then you're actually going down in age. So I mean, so we actually have to get to like twenty three episodes, twenty four <laughs> episodes. Man. Uh, and guess what? We have no plans to mark the occasion at all. We don't have anything special we're doing. We're just going to do the nope. same thing that we always do. Yep. <laughs> because. Uh, Sweet basic bitches. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> because it was kind of last minute. So, yeah. But we have a topic we're going to talk about. Uh, we have a topic we're going to talk about. It's going to be good. Uh, I'm do you remember also, the topic? <laughs> yeah, I still do. And I I was thinking about them like 10 minutes before. I was like, oh, what were my things I picked again? And I had to remember the reasons that I picked them. So we'll oh. see. We'll see how this goes. This is probably not going to go that well. So um, also, um, no, I'm actually not going to say that. I was going to say everybody call into Tom's manager and yell at him for scheduling him on the weekends, but probably shouldn't do that because (laughs) that could potentially cause a lot of trouble in the future. Like if hundreds of people ever listen to this episode and then they they like somehow figure out like where you work and then all of a sudden, like one day, five years in the future, your manager is just getting like 800 angry phone calls. Just death threats through the email. It's like, uh, who are these people? <laughs> and who's this red rival person? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, those are our those are our fans. <laughs> yeah. We need fans like like only fans. Uh we have a cult. Um <laughs> so if you don't want this to happen to you, uh yeah, just fix the schedule. Just you know. Or drink the Kool-Aid, one of the two. <laughs> Nobody's actually ever disclosed this before, but if you listen to all the podcasts backwards. It contains the instructions that you need to join the cult. So, yes. And if you if you listen to the very end, you'll hear uh, Kepka's laugh from uh, <laughs> um, Final Fantasy Six. It's true. And it's, <laughs> it's we're kind of doing the whole Fight Club thing where we're like kind of breeding a small army to bring down capitalism. <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of, no, we're totally not doing that. It's, this is already no. going way off the rails. <laughs> I don't want to be investigated next. <laughs> So, Tom, two things I wanted to discuss with you before we got going, yes. and they both they both kind of tie into the topic today. So, first things first. So, your boy finally joined Next Generation. Finally. I heard. Finally. I, I'm, I'm mad jelly. Just saying. Well, I actually haven't really because I don't actually have any PS5 games to play. So, do you have any PS4 games? I do have PS4 games, then and you I can think play PS4 games on PS5. Yes, that's exactly what I've been doing. And I went back and played <laughs> probably one of the best ones, Uncharted Two. There you go. I had to start it off right, honestly. Exactly. So, when did that? Uh, official, I'm not going to score it because I don't believe in scores here. Uh, and But this, uh, like getting the PS5 just kind of reinforces what my thoughts are about early adaptation of next-gen consoles. Is mm-hmm. It's really not worth it until like mid-gen. Like mm-hmm. mid mid gen is when all consoles kind of hit their stride. I feel like looking back, right. like PS3, PS4, Xbox, whichever, whatever Xbox you want to call it, and then 360. Like really middle of a con- like because that's when everybody like starts to figure out what you can really do with these things. And 
have games coming out actually so uh it's good definitely looking forward to some of the stuff that's coming up and uh my main main motivator was i wanted to get ratchet and clank that was i i, I kind of had a feeling that was the case that was because <laughs> I, I saw it and i was like i was gonna hold off and i saw it and that was game over i was like okay and god bless my wonderful fiance she she really went above and beyond because she wanted to get me one for my birthday and she made a twitter she was following like all these accounts that tell you when restocks were happening she was like had multiple tabs open on her computer at work so <laughs> she went above and beyond and when she got ours um she was actually driving in traffic <laughs> <laughs> when she completed the transaction and i was really happy but also really upset i was like you could have died <laughs> but listen listen playstation you gotta you gotta challenge everything totally worth it <laughs> yeah the, what is it? it it says it says play like never before on the box so i guess to you know order like never before listen she was just pl- she was just playing real life forza okay <laughs> real life gta gta <laughs> essentially so um the one cool thing it did come with it came with that demo game called astro's playroom mm-hmm. and that showed off the new like dual sense controller really cool which if they can integrate that into more games that'll be something really cool they can do with this generation i'm just concerned that other like with other gimmicky things in the past that most people won't want to like spend the time to do anything like that because it seems to me when you're making a game and when push comes to shove and you're in crunch time that's the first stuff that gets cut is like the extra sensory like kind of haptics rumble stuff it's like what's more important getting that right on the controller or like being able to ship this game on time so right that's kind of my thought about it because you know Apparently, Ultra HD Rumble is a thing or something like, <laughs> like, what does that even mean? What is what is HD Rumble? What is Ultra HD Rumble? Um, Let's just say original Xbox controller Rumble. <laughs> like the Duke and you just put it on the desk and it just, just yep. bounces up and down. <laughs> There's an earthquake going on and it's just like, oh, well, which is it? The controller or the earthquake? It's, it's banned in California because it would set off the fault lines. So. <laughs> That's why. So just want to give a little bit of update on that. Super excited to finally be having some limited time to, to play on that. And nice. Tom, you need to you need to get one. Like I needs know. To I know. And it's prime time just because my PS4 is just like, hey, you know what? I'm going to sound like a jet engine. <laughs> it's not ready to and, take off. <laughs> and it, it, it does. Like anytime I play any downloaded game or any um, any game that takes like a lot of power, like uh, Final Fantasy 14 or not 14 uh, 15 oh yeah and uh any of those like big high graphic high powered games it sounds like a jet engine starting to take off <laughs> I mean, we don't live near airport <laughs> actually i do oh well okay <laughs> thanks uh i think you look stupid man <laughs> do you know the entire geographical layout of northern new york not really. I just know New York City. It, that's what everyone knows. That and Albany are the two things that anyone knows about New York. Oh, and Syracuse. Because sports, sport ball and whatnot. Right. It's the same thing with Illinois. Whereas if you <laughs> live within a, an hour radius of Chicago, you just say you're from Chicago because it's easier. Right. Like, w- once it's Chicago, nobody knows anything else about <laughs> Illinois except that it's farmland. So I feel you yeah, on that one. So, yeah. 
you need to get one and uh, you need to report back to me. That's your homework assignment for the next month. Gotcha. For next month? <laughs> yes. Yeah. But let's see who has them in stock for next month. <laughs> it's it's still super difficult. Like we Yeah. When she started telling me she's trying to get one when my birthday pat or my birthday was coming up and she was like, I'm not gonna have a birthday gift for you, which I don't need a birthday gift. I'm a thirty year old man. I'll just go to the I'll just go to the bar and drink, whatever. Uh, I just dated myself, so that's great. Uh I told her, I was like, it doesn't matter, whatever. And she told me, she's like, no, it's upsetting because she's had ones ready to pick up like four or five times in the cart and they took money out of our account and I didn't notice. And then they refunded her because they're like, oh, sorry. Like, yeah. we don't have one available. It's like, yeah, they, they were doing some fucking shit when it came to that. So, uh, yeah, probably going to be scarce for the next couple couple months or so or still next year. I think they're talking about still gonna yeah. be scarce because everything is hard to find wood computer chips batteries just literally everything it's terrible yep. if you are looking for a graphics card you are gonna have to wait for another year and a half right because you have to build a rig <clears> to <throat> mine dogecoin or whatever yeah right so that's a thing <laughs> uh, uh kind of segueing into our next topic and this is something i wanted to talk to you about because you and i man the segues are just terrible i just like I just like move from topic to topic. It's just terrible. No professional segues at all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I wanted to get your opinion because a couple of things have happened since we last podcasted together. I don't think we got a chance to talk about. Okay. And it kind of matches up with today's uh, today's topic we're going to talk about in a few minutes. So I think we talked about it in the Discord, but we didn't talk about it on the podcast. Uh, first of all, Jeff Kaplan leaving Blizzard. Yeah, that that like as soon as I heard that, I'm like, oh, well. I'm unsure if I want to play Overwatch 2 now. <laughs> that was the other thing. So a couple weeks after that, too, the new game director, who is not Jeff Kaplan, so I don't care about yeah. who he is, uh, came out and announced something that's a pretty monumental shift in the way the game is played. So there, the number of people that are going to be playable on each team for matches is moving from six to five. Six to five. They're taking out a tank position. So they're still going to have like assigned roles. So it'll be two support, two DPS and one tank. Mm -hmm. And well, first of all, that's not an insignificant change. That's a that's major a huge change. change. Yeah. And so I wanted to kind of talk to you and me being. I wouldn't say like super avid Overwatch players, but we play enough to know how the mm -hmm. game is played. So well, I want to talk to you and see like how you felt about that. What, what here, do you think? Here's the thing. Um, the big change for the six to five, I don't like it. And honestly, I play Overwatch quite a bit because my wife is a coach for Overwatch. So we play it very often. Um, you're taking out a role that somebody likes. There's going to be like tons of tank complaints for that. I can already say they already changed it to where, uh, it was definitely going to be a 5v5 to, well, we might change it back depending. So they aren't being very like straight up with it. They're switching things around. Um, also, it makes it look like from what I saw in the live stream that they're making it into a cover shooter. Did you see that? No, I didn't. I didn't get a chance to watch all the maps the that they have have a lot of like cover spots on it, like vehicles or like blocks that are up or stuff like that that you can hide behind. Really? 
Yeah, be, and that's what they're trying to do to make it like more like attack focused rather than being like defensive with tanks and stuff like that. They're trying to make it more aggressive. That's what I'm looking for. Um, so they made the maps look very like structured. Like there's things there that you can hide behind and all this other stuff. And it's like, that's not Overwatch. If I, if I want to play Gears of War, I go play Gears of War. Right. If I want to play Valorant, I'll go play Valorant. Exactly. And I think that's the complaint a lot of people are having is that it's very much like Valorant. And I just, I don't know. I think they're taking a turn in the wrong direction when it comes to that. So I was concerned for a couple of reasons. The, the first troubling sign is that Jeff Kaplan left. Yes. And this this man has done some great things leading this game through five years of and has probably one of the least desirable jobs of trying to appease the Overwatch community, which I would not want that. They couldn't pay me enough money to try and do that job. And honestly, he kind of got a like a Kojima kick. Yeah, it's just kind of he's just like, oh, I'm leaving. Nobody yeah. really said anything about it. And he was just gone. Yeah. So there's, I think there was something else going on when I came to that. So, so that's I was going to say it's it, this has been happening for over the past year or so at Activision Blizzard, where mm-hmm. they've been cutting a lot of people yes and it's just concerning to me that a lot of people are getting cut now jeff kaplan's gone like what what is the direction that this is moving towards and i can kind of understand so i don't agree with the decision to reduce the number of roles from six to five i can kind of understand why because most other major traditional esports are 5v5. Yes. League of Legends, Valorant, you know. Yeah, but uh, those are all very different games. Yes. Uh, this is, like, I see Overwatch more as a less of a combat team shooter like CSGO and stuff like that, and more as, like, a, almost like a Mario Party of shooters. Right. There's a reason there's so many mini game events that come out. <laughs> yeah, right. So I just think that I think they're looking towards it as like a, I, I think Activision probably has a lot to do with this. Probably the, the people at Activision at the top. They're looking towards the monetization value of of Overwatch. It's already an established esport. How can they shift it more to be like what is already appealing to people? That's that's kind of what I feel the direction they're moving with this is. And so, I, I don't think it's going to be for the better because it, how do you tanks have a really important role in yes. the game. Tanks create space. And if you only have like one tank that's able to make barriers or kind of make space, I just feel like unless you give that the tank, the characters in the tank role a huge boost, they're not going to be able to do their job as effectively. Well, and that's the thing, because after you look at some of the character changes, like uh, Winston's now a close range and long range character. Okay. So he has a regular shot and a secondary shot where he can shoot like a blast of electricity at people. Then you have people like Reinhardt who now have like two fire throws rather than just the one. Um, May no longer freezes people. She can just slow them down. It doesn't count as a full like freeze. 
come on. And there was like one other one that I was very confused about and I cannot remember off the top of my head what it was. Um, uh, I do not have anything prepared for this because I didn't know we were going to have this time. I kind of sprung it on you. So, yeah, I apologize. <laughs> and I was just thinking about it this morning. I was like, oh, this kind of ties in well with what we want to talk about. So I was like, oh, I'll just I'll just bring it on Tom and see what he had because I, I knew you had <laughs> thoughts on it. So. <laughs> Um, what was it? Uh... So we're looking it up. Let me pose this question to you. Oh, they added an, a new unlockable system in the game where you unlock different abilities for characters. I heard that was going to be prevalent in the PVE. Are they going to, are they doing that for competitive too? I don't honestly know. It says mm. it's for, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, it says it has to do with the um, esports side of it, but like each character has oh. like one or two different uh, abilities they can unlock and attach. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. So like Reinhardt's like Earth Shatter, his Hammer Down okay. ability, it travels in all directions with his. So will that be? Will that be kind of like? It's like a shockwave rather than just like a straight ahead blast. Right. So I'm well, well, I'm trying to make it think of it in terms of like what already exists. Is that going to be kind of like a like a League of Legends thing where you'd be like picking and banning heroes based on what they can do? And like you can have different setups that you can like do throughout the match or is that I, it doesn't maybe say what they're trying to do. It doesn't okay. say it just shows we'll to wait for more information on it. Mm hmm. So we'll have to see. So what is let me pose this question, because you you said your wife coaches it. Mm -hmm. How did how does she prepare for a a monumental change like that? Like she she doesn't like it. She might play. She said she would play it, but she doesn't care for it. She is. (laughs) So she's one of those people that when she started like Overwatch came out, I played it quite a bit and she didn't want anything to do with it because she wasn't huge into shooters at the time. And then out of nowhere, she's just like, yeah, I'll try it and see what happens. Um, and then she just played it nonstop. And uh, now she's gotten attached to the way these characters play. And now that they're talking about changing all the characters she plays, like I think they're doing another nerf to Mercy and they're doing all this other shit that would go along with it. Awesome. It's just, I don't know. It doesn't seem like it's going to be a good situation either way. No, because you've been coaching, learning how to coach 66 since it's come out. And now it's just going to be like, make no mistake, taking one character out of the equation is a huge deal. That changes literally yes. everything about the way the entire game is played. Yep. All the old strategies, fucking toss them out the window. Yep. So now you have to figure out how it's going to work with five. Yep. So I just thought oh, was, oh, that was the so. other character change that uh, I think everybody is scared of. Bastion can now move in his turret mode. Oh, I saw you post that one in the Discord. Yeah. Yeah. That's terrifying. Yes. So not only do you have an unstoppable turret that can get like 17 kills in a matter of two seconds. Now you have to worry about the fact that he can also move while doing it. <laughs> and you're taking away one of the roles that could possibly stop him and help mitigate some of yep, that a little exactly. bit. Exactly. <laughs> Amazing. 
Uh, esports is gaming. Here we go, boys. Yep. Buckle in for a long ride. Well, I'll probably check it out, but yeah, I, I don't know how interested I'll be in that. It's going to be hard to get used to that. I mean, if they started off that way and noticed that, it, I mean, when I watched the live stream, there was every single person that was in that stream was against it. Mm-hmm. So obviously, if they're going to look at their customer value when it comes to this game, there was over like 2,000 people in that stream. And every single person was saying no. It was so much that the stream actually like lagged and broke when the chat was going. Yes. And if that's what they're going to do, even if they try it when the game first starts out and they realize, oh, this doesn't work, at least try to change it. Because, I mean, they're not, they're no, uh, they're not new to like changing characters or changing the way the game's played and everything like that in the middle of like the life cycle of the game. So it's not like they can't change it. So I'm hoping they do something like that. <laughs> Listen, the internet got them to change Sonic. You're not so wrong. If, but this if, is Blizzard we're talking about. True, true. Blizzard uh, not, don't give a fuck. <laughs> they don't, yeah, Activision Blizzard don't listen to their <laughs> their fans. They just put out whatever and they just expect you to play it and consume it. That's like when they're like, oh, you know, COD's going to take up every piece of room you have. Right. On your computer. So you can't play anything else. What's that? You got a thousand, uh, one, you got a two terabyte uh, solid state hard drive. I hope you don't want anything else on that hard drive other than Call of Duty. Yep. Exactly. We need to tweak one gun. That's an 87 gigabyte update. Yep. Enjoy that. <laughs> so anyways. Oh, by the way, we're going to add Rambo and we're going to add... Uh... Uh, the yeah, guy 80s action heroes. Uh, that's going to be a whole nother PC full. It's basically turning into M-rated Fortnite. Yep. It's what it's turning into. So, I swear, once Mortal Kombat does it, everybody has to do it. Yeah, technically <laughs> Mortal Kombat did it first. So, yep. Moving on to our topic today, I think it's a good segue. Because yes. something uh, what, that we just discussed. Segways. Uh, Seg- got it. Okay. Uh, what do you call a person who, uh, who uh, works on your car? mechanic hey look at that now that's a segue <laughs> what just happened I, i'm so confused the, the best of segues <laughs> yes did you know uh you might know this but maybe the general audience hasn't the founder of segway died riding a segway listen that's the most metal way to go he was testing a new off-road version of a segway with like giant tires and he drove off of a cliff <laughs> Okay. Listen, we're not la- we're not laughing at the dead. It's a shame that he no. died, but the irony is is pretty well, heavy there. I could do with or without a Segway. I mean, <laughs> I've ridden one before. They're they're weird. It's like I'll just ride a bike. <laughs> yep. If I'm going to do something with wheels or a skateboard, that's normal. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the um, two thousand late two thousands. Man, the side questing is real in this one. Late 2000s. Late 2000s when skateboarding becomes the norm and is no longer seen as a uh, menace to society. (laughs) Right. Now it's segues and people on electric scooter tours. (laughs) That that's a thing. Now you just see electric scooters littered around the city that you can just pick up and take whenever you want. Mm -hmm. So that's also an interesting. (laughs) Anyways, getting back on topic. Yes. (laughs) Uh, The thing we just discussed 
would that be more or less what you would call a mechanic of said game, right, Tom? Mm-hmm. Like a mechanic of Overwatch has six, like six heroes and stuff like that. Yep. So I talked to you uh, two weeks ago about this topic. I said, Tom, just pick your three favorite video game mechanics that you like in games or anything, you can, anything, and we can talk about it. So okay. that's what we're going to do. Uh, you've got three. I've got three. We'll just take turns going. Uh, I can tell you right now that my three are kind of bullshit <laughs> because I couldn't come up with anything at all after I asked you the question. Oh, good, because so. I have a bunch. I got more than three. So okay. my three are like very specific. Well, my first is very specific. My second is very broad. And then my third is like niche to like a specific game. So, OK, uh, but I think I will let you go first. OK, Unless uh, you want me to go first. I can no, go you first. can go first. That's no, fine. You, you can, you're going to go first. <laughs> you're you're going to do it. Do it. <laughs> Excuse me. I didn't know this was a uh, boss and employee life situation. It's not. <laughs> you have free will. You could just straight up say, like, I refuse to do so. So you, you, you have free will. But I'm going to deny that free will <laughs> and tell you what to do. <laughs> True. No, I was just I wanted to hear yours first. So um, I could I could judge based on yours, like how bad mine would be then. So so. The first one I immediately wrote down is something that I was pleasantly surprised when I first played the game. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a game that not a lot of people play because of how difficult it is. Um, but I feel like they added a lot to it to make it different from their usual go-to. And uh, that game's Bloodborne. Mm. Um, in Bloodborne, People who played Bloodborne probably played Dark Souls first <clears throat> or Demon Souls or one of those games that is relatable to it because it's all from software. In Dark Souls, you are you can play very defensive. You have a shield, you have a sword, whatever it is. You are basically on defense attack switch off every time that you have a, like a combat initiative. It's you wait for an opening, you go for an attack. In in Bloodborne, however, it's all-out attack. Just straight go for it. You have a gun in one hand, you have a sword in the other. If they're going to attack you, you do not defend. You shoot them in the face. (laughs) And it counts as a a counter and a stun, which gives you extra damage. So they made it so this game is 100% attack. There is one shield in the game and nobody uses it. (laughs) Um, But the cool thing about it being an all-out attack game is they added a mechanic into the game um, called, was it, is it reverse health or something like that? Where if you got hit like a couple seconds beforehand and you attack the enemy in the allotted time they give you, you can actually gain that health back. So it actually forces you to be more like upfront and in their face. So instead of having to waste all your healing items, you take that one hit, you get like a small red bar next to your actual health, and you can gain that health back as you attack them. And if you're able to pull off a critical, which is like what I just said, if they attack you and you hit the gun at the same time and counter them and you get a critical hit on them, it gives you that full bar back. So I feel like that is like a genius idea to add into a game if you're trying to force people to be more combative 
than the games that you've made beforehand. <clears throat> Honestly, it's, oh yeah, go ahead. And it's amazing too how when you come from playing Dark Souls to playing Bloodborne, how just one little slight tweak to the way you're yep. like that that incentive to be more aggressive changes the way the entire way the game is played. Listen, I've been playing Dark Souls on stream and I had the community build my character. I am a mage, which I have never played before. <laughs> Going from playing a defensive attack character, like, because I usually play Heavy Blade or um, sh Shield and Sword when I do uh, Dark Souls. But when you don't have any of those as options, damn, is that game difficult. <laughs> <laughs> Like you can do the long, like the long distance attack game, but all the bosses have long range attacks. So right. you're going to get screwed over one way or another. <laughs> Definitely. No, yeah, I agree. That's obviously one of the most defining features of Bloodborne is that that specific mechanic. And yeah, it's like whenever you do get hit, there's a little marker that appears on your health bar. It's like a little like it's a marker essentially that shows like how much health you can get back if you're if you attack and land consecutive hits. Yes. Am I remembering that correctly? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It's kind of like that kind of bled into Monster Hunter too, because when you hit Monster Hunter, like your health bar goes away, but there's a red portion that remains. It's like health that you can recover. That just recovers mm -hmm. over time, though. That doesn't incentivize you to be aggressive. It's just you can back off and recover your health slowly over time. Right. Yeah. I'm sorry. My dog uh, just came in and started rolling around on the floor. here, <laughs> 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 Buddy, what are you doing? You finished all that peanut butter already? Oh my god. <laughs> what? Alright, you can stay in here, just lay right there. Don't make any noise. <laughs> no, that's a good first one. That's actually that's a really good first one. Mine are all stupid compared to that, so. Uh, <laughs> so my first one I thought of, because you know me, I have to tie everything back to Final Fantasy Nine. All okay. the time. It's Tetra Master. No, I'm just kidding. It's not the card game. It's definitely not the card game. <laughs> is it? Is it? Uh, is it? Uh, quick time events? It's not quick time events. It's a very. <laughs> it's a very specific thing in Final Fantasy IX. It's just I. I've never encountered anything like it. So, I think it's tail end of disc three. Mm -hmm. uh, you're trying to find a way to get to the other planet, right? Mm -hmm. And you have to come across a castle. You you travel to one of the other continents, like the abandoned continents, and. You come across a castle. It's called Ibsen's Castle. Yep. You probably already know where I'm going with this. Yes. So Ibsen's Castle from the outside it looks like a castle, but it's upside down. It's like flipped upside down, essentially, is, is what the gimmick is. And when you walk into the castle, you quickly realize that everything that you've been doing up to this point does not apply in this castle. You've been leveling up. You've been equipping better gear to get stronger. But the trick with this castle is your high-level gear is shit in this castle. Mm -hmm. It is useless. So the counterintuitive thing to do is to equip the lowest-level gear you possibly can, thus making you stronger. Yep. And I know that's not, like, the most crazy or revolutionary thing, but... It when you're playing so a Final Fantasy game, though, that kind of is because you don't really have any like new mechanics for a Final Fantasy game. 
No, you don't. And it comes so far in the game to the where you've been playing the game the whole way now for three and a half discs mm-hmm. that all of a sudden and it doesn't directly tell you outright that's what you have to do. There's a little plaque you read on the wall when you go in that kind of hints that like things are backwards. And mm-hmm. then there's a Moogle in the entryway that sells low level gear. Yep. And at like at first, you might not put that together. It might be like, well, why does this Moogle only have like like stuff that's garbage? Like, I don't need any of this. But then you go in and like two gargoyles show up and then you go to attack with your super high synthesized weapon and it does like five damage or yeah, like five damage. And you're like, oh, no, <laughs> <laughs> this is not a good place right now. I am not in a good place. Uh, thank God I had Vivi with me that first time because magic is unaffected. Magic is just powerful yep. as it always is. So yeah, Vivi OP. Yeah. So it's just it's really I I appreciate it because I've never really played anything in any other RPGs like that where it's like, hey, y- you better have like your old gear with you, otherwise you're not really gonna have a good time. <laughs> if you're gonna notice a little thing, probably with both of our lists, there's gonna be a lot of RPGs in this. So. <laughs> be ready (laughs) and like you said in a game like final fantasy where you know seven eight and nine are their own games but they're relatively the 90s final fantasies are relatively similar to one another Mm -hmm. to have something like that where it's like oh you're gonna go into this dungeon but guess what you can't use any of your good stuff (laughs) it kind of creates a moment of panic and it kind of you know forces you to get creative with how do I get my stats as low as possible? Or how do I get the lowest possible stat items <laughs> to like make myself how, as strong as possible? <laughs> how do I play bad? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's almost like you have to go back to like the beginning of the game. Figure it out. <laughs> so Ibsen's Castle, uh, it's really cool. Like I said, it's not like an actual mechanic. It's just like a numbers thing, but it's it creates... It is a mechanic, it, though, because it, yeah. it changes the, the game on its head, literally. And yeah, it's a big it's change. Yeah, castle. Yeah. <laughs> um so no it is it is a mechanic um so going into the same jrpg style game um did you ever play legend of dragoon i have heard and seen legend of dragoon never played it one of the best jrpgs in my opinion by far um it's another turn-based rpg so one of the things that you will learn is that it's pretty standard um turn-based just attack 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 go 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 however things change when you start getting to the uh the arts abilities or like the special abilities that you can get where normally it's just like a limit break and you just click it and go or sometimes like in final fantasy 8 or so on so forth they have like little quick time events where you can use them, like get different boosts and whatnot. Ledger Dagoon took it like a whole nother step higher. Mm-hmm. And they said, hey, I hope you're good at fighting games when you want to do your special moves. <laughs> and you have to actually remember how to use specific combos to pull these off. It's not shown. On, I don't think it's shown on the screen. You actually have to remember what the button inputs are. So when you click on the move, you have to, as soon as you click on it, you have to put the input in and then it'll work. If not, it fails. And it's, <laughs> when I first did it, I did not understand what the hell was going on. 
it was just why like why is hey, nothing working <laughs> why is my super special move not working and then they're like oh yeah you have to put this you have to put this button in. It's literally like, oh. every episode of dragon ball z <laughs> oh, so shit. why is my super special move not working <laughs> i have to yell to get louder get stronger um but no i thought it was very interesting because there are a couple of games i can i think it's a is it Sukaiden, I think it's called, where it is a turn-based RPG that is specifically button inputs mm-hmm. for the combat. So anytime it's your turn, you just put as many combos in as you can. It's kind of like doing like Tifa's Limit Break in a game. That it that's all you do is you put those combos in and try to get it as much as possible in the turns allotted to you and get as much damage out of it as you can. That's what that entire game is about. (laughs) Um, But just the fact that they kind of, it's not like they hit it in Legend of Dragoon, but they were just like here. And if you want to learn how to use these supers, you have to learn how the game works. Right. So I just thought that was kind of cool for like an JRPG to pull off that they're mixing genres of games to just give you one mechanic. Right. Then to like not just select your super move from a list of moves and then a flash on like a flashy animation play on the screen and then a big damage number come up. It's like, no, you have to actively Mm -hmm. participate in doing that super move to bring it to its full potential. And I think that's why I liked playing Final Fantasy VIII because most of the supers in that game are quick time events. Right. Like, uh, if you do the rhythm game that Squall has attached to his, you get, like, a super ultra move that you can attach later on. Or Zell, just like Tifa, you can put the combos in and get, like, different moves throughout that. So I just I think those are really interesting mechanics that get added into games that people don't really talk about because the games are as like big as like Final Fantasy Seven or Final right. Fantasy Ten stuff like that. Yeah, I would agree with that. Definitely. So was, was Legend of Dragoon one of the ones on your list? Yes, it was. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, so do you want me to share another one from my list then? Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I no, and I totally agree with you. I think yeah in people tend to generalize like, oh, JRPGs are just the same thing. You're standing in a line and just in fighting. Yep. And more often than not, yeah, sure, you can boil it down to that if you want to, but there's a lot more going on. How dare you offend my that. people? You're right, exactly. <laughs> but but you're uh, but, right. <laughs> I bet, I mean, you can, boil a, you can boil a video game down to anything. Like, you could just be, like, people be like, oh, I love Call of Duty. You just, be like, you just point and click. Yep. It's just all like, if you want to be a dick about it, you can boil down a video game to like anything. It's like, Mario's just a sprite you move on a screen and he jumps. Yep. <laughs> so used, you, can, you can make anything sound terrible. <laughs> I used to be one of those people, and I still don't. I'm not a huge fan of Call of Duty, but I used to be one of those people that'd be like, why are you playing the same game over and over again? And they just change like location. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you play Pokemon. I'm like, yeah, you're right. Okay, yeah, you know, it's a totally valid response. It's, it is. Uh, but we're not trying to cut each other down. We're trying to raise each other up. Except yeah, exactly. I'm, just, I'm just very cynical and sarcastic in my humor. So, yeah. Uh, so my second thing, and this actually ties back into your Dark Souls Bloodborne point, which is really good. So do you remember the early days of video games or the early days of our video games, Tom? You remember? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm asking you to travel back in time with me, right? OK. Didn't dying really suck? 
I mean, yeah. Dying sucked. Dying sucked. Like, back then, dying really sucked because <laughs> you lost a bunch of progress and you all, more often than not had to replay large sections. Like, there weren't a lot of checkpoints and, like, dying right. really sucked. <laughs> it did. It, just, it did. It did. It, it did. You either had one of two choices. You die and you restart the level or you die and you restart the game. Yes. And if you die too many times, it would just restart the game for you. You wouldn't even have a choice. You didn't even have a choice. Yep. So this is why my number two mechanic is actually dying. The death. The Mm -hmm. big D. Not the big D. Not the big D. No. Yes, not the big D. That's wrong. Uh, We do not uh, endorse uh, mature games in this stream. Uh, I try not to. We try not to. (laughs) So... Over the past, I'd say probably 10 years, death has kind of taken on a different role in games, right? Right. So in Dark Souls, for example, dying is, well, still frustrating. They framed it in such a way whereas like dying is like a part of the game. Like, yes, that's like something you experience. In order to start the game, you have to die. Right. And it's something that they've continued to do through all of their games. That's why... The concept of how brutal death is in Dark Souls creates that tension when you're traveling from bonfire to bonfire. You've gone through like a long hour stretch. You haven't hit a bonfire. You've got a bunch of souls Mm -hmm. like the stakes are really, really high. Yep. And that concept of death like creates those stakes, creates that tension and creates that amazing gameplay feeling like when you finally make that long trek to the next bonfire or you finally defeat the boss that you've been trying to defeat for an hour. Like those moments are incredible. Mm -hmm. And Games have been just building off of that for the past, I would say, 10 years. Like, uh, you know, it's the same thing in Bloodborne when you're looking for it's lanterns in Bloodborne, right? It's the lanterns. Yes, the lanterns. Okay. Um, same thing in I'm sticking to all the from software games. Same thing in uh, Sekiro. Uh, there's actually a mechanic in Sekiro where you can like build it up and you can choose to like come back to life. Yep. After you die where you are and that takes time to rebuild up so you have to decide is it advantageous for me to like come back to life now or like you have to make that option and it's it's really kind of starting to spill into other games too whereas like you play celeste and like death is a big part of celeste because you're gonna die a lot in celeste Mm -hmm. but how fast they get you back into the game is just like makes death like a part of the way the game is did you Uh, ever play uh hellblade uh, I've uh, read about Hellblade and not played it. Okay, so that is another tie-in that comes with that idea. Um, because the more you die... So the game is brilliant for as it is. It's a short game, but it's brilliant when it covers that death situation. Because um, you're never dying in the game. You watch yourself die. And it's like, it's a mental illness. It's a mental illness game. It's a game where the main character has a mental instability or mental illness that makes them see this, like see themselves die. But each time you die, there's this rot that grows on your arm. And if it reaches your head, it gives you this fear like your game is over. But you can never die enough times in the game to actually have it reach your head. Wow. 
So they made it so it feels like it's going to be this huge tragic thing, like, yo, shit, I'm going to have to start this game all over again, have to do all this. But no, it actually, it never can happen. But so they're the, using it as like a psychological tool to like mess with your cause, mind. Like, because this whole game is just that it's a psychological like exploration into like what it's like being with a mental illness and all this other stuff. That's incredible. But they play on death as if it's like, okay, the, we're going to scare you, but it's not going to end up doing anything. That's amazing. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm gonna have to pick that up and play it because that sounds incredible. It's not, I, I it's cannot like, recommend it enough. Uh, and I to will... approach to such a topic like that too in a game yes. where it's like a lot of people just even in real life don't talk about topics like that. Yep. Um, so. I would recommend using headphones. Right. Oh, wait, use headphones only in the game because you will not get the full audio experience in the game unless you have like uh, either really good speakers or headphones. Preferably headphones because it makes it a lot crazier i'm definitely gonna check that out and then to keep it on track here my i think my most recent favorite example of the way death is incorporated into a game was in hades oh yeah and hades is great it's an awesome roguelike but you you know you are gonna die a lot on the way to mastering the game but it's not always that bad because a Dying allows you to spend some of your points to get more permanent upgrades. Mm -hmm. And B, the more you die, the more of the story that you unlock. And you get to hear, uh, you know, Zagreus' interactions with all these different characters. The story of, like, what's actually going on in the House of Hades. Like, Achilles is there. And you get all these super interesting, like, and amazingly voice-acted interactions with all these people every time you die. So it's like, yeah, like, dying still sucks. But, like, you're going back to something, you're like, oh, like... Now I get to see more of the story. Now I get to experience more of these like amazingly voiced, you know, conversations between two characters and flesh them out even more. Yeah. And then you have best character, um, uh, Cerberus. Bestest boy. Bestest boy. Hands down. 10 out of 10. (laughs) Any game has Doggo 10 out of 10 in it. Yes. Incredible. (laughs) So, yeah, I I just think I know like death is like a very wide mechanic used, but I just think it's being used more creatively uh i've noticed it being used more creatively over like the past like this last decade so right because if you think about it if you think about it you go to like you throw on mario like super mario bros 3 this is for for instance because that's the one i played a lot when i was younger yeah you throw that on and you lose your last life and you hear that And you're like, well, shit, now I have to start the map all over again. I feel terrible. (laughs) So sad. And then nowadays, nothing ever pulls that, really. Like, even games like, um, for instance, uh, uh, Fire Emblem. A game that used to be only permadeath now has, like, I don't know, I don't know the term for it. But they have like a Phoenix mode where you can bring people back. Exactly. So each system that like used to incorporate like permadeath or like restart stuff like that, it just. It's changing to the point where it's not that much of a big deal anymore. Some games are making it into like a big deal, but it's not like it doesn't feel as big of a deal. 
So you bring up a great point because I didn't even consider Fire Emblem. And for as much as that game has turned into like high school anime dating simulator, <laughs> if you're looking for like a genuine, and I can't speak to any of the games before they were on GBA because they were only in Japan. Yes. If you're looking for like a genuine Fire Emblem experience, like what it was supposed to be, play the GBA games because, mm. yeah, there was no choice of difficulty. You had like a standard difficulty and yeah, the whole draw of Fire Emblem was it's just uh, like army strategy game where if your characters died, they were dead. Yep. No, and you had back. to restart the chapter if you wanted them to be alive like that. Yep. So it caused you to think like this looming threat of that character you send out there, your favorite characters in the battle could be dead. And it kind of like, you know, draws relation to like real life too, is, you know, people die in real life and they don't come back. So, and remember this is GBA. Yes. So GBA, your save points are wherever the hell you saved last. There is yeah, no it, auto save. It's exactly. Just, you start where you start. Yeah. And then the even more brutal thing about the original one for GBA was that, there was no like there's no hub world. There was no like map selection like the story moved along. So if you didn't level your characters properly, it was it was pretty brutal. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, that's uh, yeah. Death and dying. <laughs> this podcast getting heavy, man. Getting, <laughs> getting heavy. Real heavy. So last time we, we have... last time we talked about religion, this time we're talking about death. <laughs> um. So next one I have is. Yes, the... please make it a happy one. <laughs> I mean, it kind of is. It kind of isn't. Actually, you know what? I, I want to continue on the death thing really quick because oh, there sure, is yeah. one game I want to add to this. Um, Shadow and War of Mordor. Did you ever play those? Yes, I like, did. The two, my fa- the two of my favorite games because I love Lord of the Rings. And the I'm Nemesis mad at you. system. I'm mad at you because that was my third one. Oh, is it? Oh, <laughs> yes, shit. it is. No, it's well, fine. It's I tied fine. it ahead. into the death thing because I'm like, well, that's the only time it ever takes place is during that and so i'm like oh yes. well this kind of adds into that um let's just talk about it so go ahead yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> i'm not mad no no no, no. <laughs> fuck you <laughs> um so anytime you fight one of the generals or if you fight one of the captains and you win a new character will come up and take their place that was ranked underneath them mm-hmm. and they have different attributes different like everything about it was phenomenal for a game at that time. Like nothing had been done like that. If you die, however, while fighting them, you have to, they get more powerful. Another person comes up who has different attributes with them. And they remember who you are when you try to go back and fight them again, which is genius. (laughs) Because and they, ta- and they taunt you. They They'll be like, you. I put you in the ground. I put you in the ground again. Like They, they talk shit about you the entire time. <laughs> and I just. It was such an interesting concept that you don't ever see. I don't think ever again. Well, it's it's patented by uh, oh, it's, Warner it's, Brothers it's, Gaming. Is it patented so by them now? It is patented by them. Yeah. Oh, well, that would make sense of why you haven't seen it. <laughs> yes. Um, but I just feel like that was such a such a change in like the hack and slash RPG system. No, oh, is it hack and slash? I mean, it kind of is. It's it's like an Assassin Creed style like action RPG kind of. Yeah, kind of how I would classify it. Yeah. Um, oh. 
But what are your thoughts on that? Because I know you said you had it as one of your listed. I wasn't I wasn't tying it into the death, but it totally does tie into the death. You're you're right. And it it, it was super unique because it, it makes you have this unique relationship with these orc captains that you're fighting throughout the entire game. And, you know, every time you encounter one, like if you die, yeah, they taunt you or some of them even have relationships with each other where if you yes. like kill one of them and then like the other one will like come and hunt you down and they'll be like, you killed my brother or whatever. And like yep. just it so creates these insane like narratives that are je- like just special to your playthrough of the game that no one else will experience. Like so my, my what cemented this in my mind was I was playing Shadow of War, right? And mm-hmm. I don't remember like the specific things. This was a few years ago and it's been a while since I've touched the game. So I had I was getting rid of like a captain. I was going to like get like get rid of a captain or whatever. And I brought one of my guys because you can like guys you like dominate and take control. You can like bring them with you. Mm-hmm. So like that guy came with me and the guy I brought with me ended up like betraying me. Mm-hmm. So like I ended up fighting two guys. But then another guy that I didn't bring with me like then showed up to that fight because he was betraying me also. <laughs> so i had three guys that were like doing like a cr- triple cross betray and then another guy showed up that was trying to kill one of the guys that i was fighting <laughs> so like it said like six people show up to this fight and like everybody's like fighting and like trying to kill each other <laughs> it's, it creates some like just ridiculously insane moments like that where uh, that these stories are unique to your playthrough of the game and yeah like nothing they haven't really done anything else with it and I know, like, eventually, if you play the game long enough, you'll see, like, all the iterations of orcs and, like, all the different kinds of interactions they can have. Yeah. But you're right. Nothing's been done like this since 2017. It's five years later. Like, let's keep building on this. Let's do something, like, I I don't know, just off the top of my head. Like, make, like, some kind of, like, GTA-style game where, like, the people remember, like, what what you do to them or Mm -hmm. something. Or, like, remember the crimes you pull off. or, Or, like, there's so much potential for a system in, like, that in a game that... I, I think you have to look into that. And I think another big thing is, uh, like, with the relationships, yeah, you can have them have, like, the anger at you, remorse kind of situation, but you can also have the ones where they are trying to kill them. Like, they're trying to kill the people that are either higher rank than they are, and that makes it a whole different situation because they they want that power, so they will attack them as well. So, and you brought that up when all those people showed up at one fight, that some people are, yes, like they are working with one another or their family or whatever it is. But then you have the ones that are like, oh, well, I'm trying to take this one's position. So I'm happy that he's dead kind of situation. And they kind of turn a blind eye sometimes. Have you had that one? Yeah, I have. And he'll just be like, oh, well, if you take care of this guy for me, like, that's fine. Cause yeah. it, it actually, it benefits me better in the long run. Exactly. And yeah. I like, that's one of the main story points of Shadow of Mordor when you're working with, um, oh, fuck, what's his name? The ghost guy? No, when you're working with the orc. Oh, that you free. Um, something like, uh, like rat, rat yeah. something, I think. Yeah. Yeah, and that's his whole thing is he's trying to gain power in the ranks, but also like help you do what you need to do at the same time because you freed him. And it just causes this whole dynamic of, oh, well, they really don't give a shit about each other at all. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. 
I mean, you can see that in the movies and whatnot, but I mean, in the game, it feels like more impactful because you're impacting it. Like you are taking care of these people. And a lot of the orcs, too, had like really unique personalities mm-hmm. in that game, which was amazing. My, like my favorite is finding the ones that are afraid of the wargers or the oh. the where they called them the, the warg, right? That's the wargs, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they're like, oh, shit, and they start running away. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I remember, like, the whole gimmick of Shadow of War is you could, like, take these castles and, like, hold them and, and like, promote your orcs to, like, hold the castle for you or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I just remember, like, however many castles there were, like, four or five in the game. I just had the most, like, motley crew of, like, like orc <laughs> guy. Like, I found the orc that was, like, a bard and a poet. And I, I put him in charge of one of the castles. I found the orc that was just like drunk all the time. And I put him in charge of the castle. Like just so I just picked like the most like just outlandish guys and just put him in charge. And just promoted them. <laughs> so No, that game had like a lot of amazing like style to it and interesting mechanics that go along with it. Yeah. It's by far the best Lord of the Rings game since Return of the King for PS2. That surprisingly was a good game. <laughs> yeah. And to some extent, the third age. But, you know, yeah, it's Final Fantasy knockoff, but that's fine. It is what it is. Pretty much. So, yeah, I'm, I'm really glad you thought of the Nemesis system because that was my thing. And it's just the Nemesis system, like, like I said, creates mm-hmm. creates stories that are unique to your adventure and mm-hmm. end up creating quintuple double crosses that you're caught <laughs> in the middle of and just crazy stuff like that. So, yeah. Needless to say, I did not survive that fight. Like, <laughs> I died and a couple other people died and it shifted a lot of stuff on the board around. So, <laughs> See, I would like to have that system in a game like kind of like Shadow of War, but instead have it be like all the races. Like in the actual story, like have the elves actually be dicks. Oh, yeah. And have them turn on you like they do in the actual stories. Yeah. Something like that would actually be kind of an interesting situation where you build up this huge army and you're like, they could just rewrite one of the games, like the old games based on the actual stories and be like, oh, well, you're building up this huge army, but some of these people are finicky and they don't want to side with you, but it's their only choice. And then at the end of it, they're like, oh, well, now they've turned on you. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think there's a lot of untapped potential explored in a system like that where eventually is like ai gets smart enough that you could do yeah so it turns your like run-of-the-mill action rpg hack and slash adventure game into all of a sudden this game where there's like a political hierarchy and there's scheming and there's backstabbing and like i feel like there's a lot of potential there like that's a game of thrones game right Mm -hmm. there like that's that's insane the things you could do with that that's a uh, semi-decent Game of Thrones game. <laughs> I, I think so, yeah, definitely. As long as, yep. you know, George R. R. Martin could write one to completion. Yeah, right. So. You'll just have HBO a, finish it for him. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> in, in six really shitty episodes. Uh, yeah, I said it. I, the last season of Game of Thrones was trash. I said it. Don't don't forget the collectible Star, Starbucks cups. <laughs> yeah. That, they, gotta, gotta that you can now one. go and Photoshop out of, <laughs> of a show that's being streamed. Yep. So, um yeah, no, that was that was I'm happy you thought of that one, too, because I know some people are like all oh, the nemesis system. Once you see enough of it, like you've seen everything that there is. But like in the process of exploring that, like mm-hmm. it's, it's really good. So, yeah, yeah but those are also the people that weren't very good at the game because that game can be difficult. 
especially when you have the double crossing and everything going on. It can it can get out of hand very quickly. <laughs> like it can go from zero to a hundred very fast. So yep. basically, what Tom is saying, you scrubs, is to get good. Get good. Yeah. Go play yeah. some Bloodborne or Dark Souls, and then <laughs> uh, call me in the morning and see if that helps you at all. Definitely. Um, uh, all right. So what was your what was your other one? Since we kind of jumped in, since you you mentioned you're fine. mine, so <laughs> you're fine. Um, so the other one I have down, which I'm kind of surprised you didn't put down as one of yours. Uh, the morality system. Okay. From like, uh, so there's multiple ones that I, that come to mind, but the ones that kind of stick with me gameplay wise are firstly Mass Effect. Mm-hmm. You have your Paragon near Renegade. Renegade for life. I was always Paragon. I can't play Dick <laughs> Shepard. <laughs> um, but uh, I mean. <laughs> Renegade female shepherd. I mean, <laughs> um, if we're looking for dummy mommies, <laughs> oh, all right, all right, we get it. <laughs> yes, yeah, morality. Uh, um, so, uh, other than that, like, um, there's two games that came out in 2009 for their big Sony titles that you, I feel like you had to choose one or the other, like. It's kind of like uh, seven Final Fantasy seven Final Fantasy eight. You have to pick one, and you can't like the other. Um, there was two games that came out in two thousand nine that were heavy like moral choice games. Uh, one was Prototype, and the other one was Infamous. Yes, I was an Infamous guy mm-hmm. because I thought it was awesome to have a hero that you could play as it had electricity powers because that was my shit. If I had superpowers, I would want them to be electricity based. Basically, Static Shock, the video game. Static Shock, the Flash, you know, one of those. Um, <laughs> if I get electrocuted, I want abs. That's all I want. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, I could just use a little bit of electric power, but mostly abs. <laughs> mostly abs. Um, so when you're playing through, like, when you're doing Mass Effect, it's very clear what makes you, what moral choice is what. It's blue or red. Pick your favorite color, Skittle. There's a matrix when, up in here. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you are doing like prototype or infamous, it's a lot more difficult. It's when they do like the worded choices for infamous, it's not that hard to notice. But there are specific tasks that you do in game that make it very difficult to realize if you're doing the good thing or the bad thing. Not so much in Second Son, because they basically just dropped it down to like a a shooter game no. um, with smoke. <laughs> um, not as cool as lightning powers. Not as cool as lightning powers. I still liked it, but it was not as good. Right. Um, but then in Prototype, your whole powers are based on you eating people. And like becoming them. Oh. Did you ever play Prototype? I did not play Prototype. You are Venom. Like you Ah. are essentially Venom. But your powers are that you can morph your body. So like if you were to, the whole thing is they have an absorbing mechanic. Where if you go up on some NPC on the street and grab them, you have the choice to throw them or absorb them. If you absorb them, you take their form. And you become them. Wow. 
and they're dead. Now, this plays a huge part because the military is after your character. So when you absorb a military character, it doesn't see it as like a morale choice. It's just you are trying to like blend in kind of thing. Oh, okay. But if you do this to like a random citizen on the street, it will affect you morale, like morally wise. <laughs> Interesting. Um, but some parts, that's what you have to do. So it's kind of like, are you going to be the good guy who just goes after the people coming after you? Or are you going to try and eat people because you are venom, essentially? And if I can become a 90-year-old woman and jump over buildings <laughs> and punch a super soldier in the face, I might have to do that. <laughs> Listen, that's worth it for that experience. Okay? Like, hands down. Um both are great games, but like I said before, I was very much an infamous person because the story pulled me in and I like the powers and infamous two is fucking amazing. Yeah. <laughs> but I just like though, like the, what people see as morality systems in games nowadays are like so far off from what I remember them being. When you yeah. oh, go ahead. I was going to say, I honestly feel like Mass Effect kind of popularized that, like you were saying. Kind of. But the thing is, it's been around for a while, like doing like, um, what's like what's the word I'm looking for? Like pacifist runs on games and stuff like that. That's true. Like people will like made this big thing about Undertale because Undertale, you could have a full pacifist run and not do any fighting. But it is not the first game to do that. Metal Gear Solid, like, claimed that spot. <laughs> right. You could go through with a trank gun and just put people to sleep the entire time, and they give you bonuses for it. The fact that you can go through this entire game and just trank tranquilize people, and that's it. Right. So, like, the whole morality side of it has been around for a long time. But it just depends on how difficult you want the game to be. Do you want sure to go right. in guns a blazing or do you want to go in with just a trank gun and see if you can sneak your way through? <laughs> True. And like you said, I think games like like Prototype and like Infamous mm -hmm. make it more. Whereas, like you said, Mass Effect and like Fallout, those decisions are are kind of cut and dry. Like if you, you choose to nuke a city, I'm pretty sure you, we know where you stand. Like, yeah, morality wise. <laughs> exactly. But like, yeah and infamous like you were saying the decisions that are like more gray where like mm -hmm. you might think it's the right decision but it might it ends up not being the right decision like mm -hmm. that that creates a compelling narrative where yeah. it's not just like yeah okay i'm clearly a bad person if i nuke this city but i'm clearly a good person if i don't nuke this city like that's yeah. <laughs> taking it to the like, pretty extreme. there's a part the end of infamous one is probably my favorite ending to a game because it gives you the trolley track like oh uh, no problem where on one building tied up at the very top is your ex-girlfriend who you're still in love with but because of everything that happened you have been very distant with each other because her sister dies in the beginning when you are trying to transfer that package and come to find out the package was the bomb that set off everything and gave you powers 
so your ex that you're still in love with is up there and you want to save her right across the way is a bunch of people that you don't know that will die if you don't save them and you have to choose which one you want to save if you save your girlfriend you are the bad person wow because she will hate you for letting those people die that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> this is such a t- makes me yeah. feel so bad no matter what I do. But if exactly. I save the people, my girlfriend dies. Like, But that's the thing. If you save the people, she doesn't die right away. You make it to her before she dies. Oh. Um, she does end up dying, though. But you make it to her, and she's like, she tells you like how happy and proud she's of who you've become. And it goes into this, like, he... This entire game, he has been basically shit on because everyone knows that he's the person who delivered that package. Mm -hmm. He is the bomber. He didn't know that it was a bomb. He just knew he was delivering something. Right. (laughs) Um, And he has been spending this entire game just trying to make things right and trying to fix all the problems. And this is the only person that has actually told him that he's done the right thing. And of course, it's right on her deathbed. And I think that's like a huge setup to like the second game, because when that starts, you're a different person now. You're actually talking to people. <laughs> you're not <Right>. antisocial. <laughs> um, but no, like different morality systems cause different like ways the story is told. And I feel like there are certain games that just blow it out park. Like, I even enjoy the Mass Effect games. Like, I love the Mass Effect games. The morality system is just easy to break because it's easy to tell what's the right and wrong way. Right. Do you choose the up option, which is good, or the down option, which is bad? <laughs> <laughs> One of, um, I'd say, I don't think this is like a similar example, whereas the choices you make don't really define you as your character, but I was just thinking about what you're talking about, that Fallout 4. Mm-hmm. And... Like we like said, the the choices you make don't really affect your reputation, but it affects your standing with certain groups. So if you do, if you make a choice that is, you know, progresses the agenda of one group but hurts the agenda of another, like the game is gonna like reflect that accurately and like what your reputation is with these different groups. Yep. And up until like the middle of the game where it like opens up and it, you can choose a bunch of different factions to work with, like. That's that's relatively easy to to maintain, and they build up like, oh, the institute's like the big big bad guy. They're the institute of the bad people. Like yeah. they're doing all these terrible things. But at the end of the game, or like towards the middle or end of the game, it's like, okay, well, you can join the railroad, you can join the Brotherhood of Steel, or you could even join the institute, the group of people that the game has been telling you is the bad guys for the whole time. But then you realize that, oh, well, they're maybe not really the bad guys. Maybe they have a they kind of have a point in their agenda and like each like you agree and disagree with some of the points that all these different factions make type of thing so it's like what am i okay with doing to end the game to be like with this faction like i agree with these things they do but i disagree with these things that they do so mm-hmm. it's it just kind of reminded me of that so yeah definitely and uh just like to say uh, brotherhood of steel every time i went brotherhood uh, of steel first time definitely <laughs> Um, it's uh, like when I play uh, Skyrim, I always go with the, uh, uh, what are they called? The werewolf group. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. 
I haven't played it in a long time because I played yeah, it too the many werewolf, times. That's the uh, uh, the companions, right? Companions, yeah, yep, that's companions. what it is. Yep. Yeah. Although Skyrim, you can like join everything though. You can join the companions. You can join the Dark Brotherhood. Like you can just you can be everything. Yes. Um, but you always get the werewolf power. Hundred, hundred, hundred times yeah. out of hundred. Yes. Would you rather be a vampire in this game or a va- or a werewolf? Uh, the werewolf actually looks cool, so I'm gonna yes. go with that. <laughs> yes, it definitely does. So, um, yeah. Good, good. That was a good topic. Good discussion. I like yeah. that. Definitely. So, wrapping up this episode here. Went over our time limit a little bit. That's okay, because we're off today. It doesn't matter. We're making exactly. our own rules. So if you are interested in talking to us at all, uh, you can find us on Twitter, uh, at PodSideQuesting. Uh, you can find myself on Twitter. I'm at Sire underscore 104. And Tom is on Twitter as well. He is I am at on Red Twitter. Rival 26. I am. I am at Red Rival 26. You can also find me on Twitch at Red Rival 26. And we play a bunch of random ass games, which are you joining tonight or no? Oh, yeah. We're hunting tonight, baby. We're hunting tonight. Woo. Let's go. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll definitely be hunting for sure. Um, I got to get to HR 100 so I can fight Valstrax. Yes. Yes, because we have to uh, we have to find the corn. And we have to fight in Valsarax. <laughs> I just completed the side mission that unlocked the corn popper for me. So <laughs> Very excited. Uh, <laughs> you're going to make Snowy so angry. The, the <laughs> monsters are just going to be grazing in the background. And then like Diablo is going to lift up his head. He's like, you guys hear Cotton Eye Joe playing? <laughs> They're going to be in the background. They're going to be they're going to be grazing and it's just going to be one giant stick of corn sticking out of the ground. And they're like, oh, corn. <laughs> <laughs> everybody listening to this is like what are they talking about what is this madness so yes um if you want yes. anime craziness with uh giant monsters and uh weirder weapons uh just look up uh, monster hunter monster hunter rise to be specific i also want to plug uh one thing that you're doing because i'm super excited about it your nuzlocke run so far oh. has, <laughs> has started off on an amazing terror so i would like to point this out uh so D-Train and I are having uh, Nuzlocke runs at the same time because we're using the same system. He has already died once because he's trying to treat it like a speed run. And he got destroyed. <laughs> that is not what you do in a Nuzlocke. <laughs> he just started again. And uh, he has gotten a little bit better with the Pokemon choices that have shown up. It is randomized, by the way. Everything's randomized. Except uh, the cave that I found my Electrovire in, he found a Pichu. <laughs> That's unfortunate. And then a couple minutes later, found a Raikou. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you can't catch it. That's against the rules. You can't catch it. So he's like, God damn it. <laughs> that dude, the Nuzlocke giveth, the Nuzlocke taketh away, man. Um, so I didn't realize that the gym leaders were all randomized as well for their levels. So when I went against uh, Faulkner, he had a level 20. What was that? Level 20 something. And I'm like, I only have like level 13s. I don't know if this is going to work. And I made it through without anybody dying. But that's because I had fully evolved versions of the Pokemon. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. That's close. (laughs) It was it was it was like I was like, oh, shit. (laughs) Randomized Nuzlocke. No joke, man. Yes. For sure. Yes. Oh, he had a he had a poison type because I just threw out my uh, my Metagross and it just it couldn't do anything because it only knew uh, poison sting. 
So if you're keeping score, Tom just said, so it, the, before the first gym, he has a Metagross and an Electivire <laughs> in his party. Uh, my current team. And the Randomizer. My current team is Metagross. Uh, Electivire is not on my team yet. I'm kind of holding him back until I need him. Um, but I have Metagross, uh, Tauros, Medicham, Walrin, Steelix, Electivire, and I want to say there's one more, but I have an egg that I'm really hopeful to see what it turns into. Hopefully I, it's just it's just God. I, 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 I hatch an Arceus and it's like, hey, so here we go. <laughs> Easy game. You have an a late you have an end game team. I have an end game team and at it, the first gym. <laughs> I walked, I walked into the first game and I'm like, oh, let's see what the first Pokemon is. I'm kind of excited to see how this works. And it's like, oh, look, a fucking Metagross. Okay, game over. We're done. <laughs> yeah, it's a, this is fine. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, so you're doing that uh, on like Monday afternoons if you got time, right? Usually um, I am going to be streaming it this Wednesday. Okay. So Wednesday the 2nd, right? Yeah, the 2nd. And... Uh, I'm taking a little bit of a break from Resident Evil 7 because I've almost had a heart attack twice while playing it. So, <laughs> so I'm just going to play that for now. <laughs> that's, no, that's that's fair. That's fair. So yep. Definitely go check it out. Um, and then something else I wanted to do before we wrap up, too. So I wanted to I meant to do this at the start of the episode. I just realized it because I had a note on my computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, what I want to do every week is I want to kind of shout out a couple of people that are like be pretty awesome people that deserve the recognition right Mm -hmm. so that's kind of what i wanted to do and i want i've been meeting a lot of other podcasters on instagram and then i know a lot of people from your discord and a lot of other people that i met on twitter that have twitch channels and stuff right so i thought a good way to would be to shout out like two people every episode like hey like these people are doing great things you should go check them out so Mm -hmm. um and i totally just dropped this on youtube didn't prepare you at all so you're fine uh the first person I wanted to shout out was uh, our good friend DJ Games, mm-hmm. right? He, he is a, a commenter on the Twitter and all of the sorts with everything that we post. Yes. So DJ has been fucking incredible since like the first episode we put out. He's been like giving us awesome feedback. He's been like, you know, encouraging us when we just feel like it's not worth it anymore. Like just been a genuine like all around, like one of the nicest people you'll hands down ever meet uh so you can find him on multiple places uh he's oh perfect the first tweet that i pull up is his tweet that helps me out tremendously (laughs) uh if you want to follow him on twitter he's at dj games 84 and then uh he streams he's a variety streamer as well he he streams a bunch of different stuff and his streams are are just fantastic all around great times uh he is on twitch.tv forward slash dj games 84 highly recommend checking him out because he is just He's another variety streamer. He plays literally a little bit of everything. He was playing Overwatch with us a little, like a couple weeks ago. Um, he was doing Little Nightmares last time, I think. Mm-hmm. He's been doing some Hades runs. So like, he does he everything. Would, you can, I think he saw his VODs up if you want to go watch him shit his pants while he's playing uh, Alien Isolation. That too, yes. While we <laughs> use the scare alerts on him. And. Uh, that's always a fun time. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Um, he's just, I wanted to shout him out first because mm-hmm. he's been there since like day one. Mm-hmm. And DJ, if you're listening to this, thank you, man. We love you. Yeah, it's not an uh, anime episode. You can listen to this one. 
Yeah, it's true. It's on an anime episode. You can listen to this one. Uh, and then uh, the second guys I wanted to shout out um, is on the podcast side. I've been listening to a lot of other people's podcasts just to try and understand what I can do better uh, to make this show, you know, to bring it to the next level. Because um, mm-hmm. I think the show is pretty great already, but you can always improve on things. And I'm super critical of the editing work that I do. Mm-hmm. It stresses me out all the time. I think that I, I just I don't know why. Um, but the second guys I wanted to shout out to are over at the Backlog and Beyond podcast. Yep. Um, Jeff and Nathan have been really awesome. Uh, I've been talking to them on Twitter, on Instagram, and they've been giving me some pointers, talking to me about their show. Um, they do a really awesome segment called Give It an Hour, where uh, they play a game for an hour and decide to put it on their backlog or not. And their show is just really well put together. They play a bunch of fun games. They talk about a bunch of amazing topics. Uh, they've shouted us out a couple of times, so I wanted to shout shout them out. Mm-hmm. Um, Tom, they love your knowledge of fighting games. You I, are I heard, I heard. <laughs> so, <laughs> listen, um, if anybody needs any help with learning a fighting game or figuring out what they should start off with with fighting games, just DM me. DM me, but, and I'll I'll let you know what you need to know. But you can't have him. He he's no. he's staying on the show. Yeah, I'm staying on the show. My <laughs> I, boss I need, has spoken. I need, I need him. <laughs> my, my I, will, boss, I will fight you for Tom's honor. <laughs> My my non-boss dictator has uh, told me that I. Um, Also, one more person I would like to shout out. Um, I would like to shout out Snowy the Strong. You can find him at Snowy the Strong on Twitter. Yes, he was on on the show. He was on the show. Um, You probably heard the episode about Arrow Sanctuary, which he does have a Twitter up and running on that as well. Um, At Arrow Sanctuary underscore. And it can explain everything right there if you need to. But in case you don't want to read about it. Um, it's a nonprofit organization to help rehabilitate at-risk equine or livestock through educating and connecting a community. So basically, he is trying to help larger animals, such as like dog or not dogs, uh, cows, horses, like farm animals, basically that people are basically trying to just off and for profit, for profit, so um, for really shitty reasons for shitty reasons. My language. So he has that up and running. Um, you can find him at Twitch, at Snowy the Strong, on Twitter, at Snowy the Strong. Everything's right there. You will probably see him tonight when we do hunts. Yes. Um, and if you want to learn, too, if you want to learn more about the cause that he's fighting for, he's more than open. You can reach out to him and he'll tell yes. you all about it. because it's, ha- it's a great He has place. everything memorized at this point and just can tell you everything about everything. <laughs> yeah, and it honestly is a great cause because, like mm-hmm. you said, it's it's animals that you don't normally think about. They're not the cats and dogs and like your pet animals, but they're still animals that deserve to be treated with respect. Right. And just the things that are happening now um, are just it, it could be so much better. And right. as as human beings, we need to do better. Right. So, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, as far as the backlog guys go, you can find them at backlog and beyond at backlog beyond on Twitter. Um Jeff is on Twitter. He is. I just had it up. I didn't have this written at all. He is at Zava. I can never say this because his username is so hard Zava Daba do Zava Daba do. <laughs> I always put the V's or the B's are whenever I say it. <laughs> um, and then Nathan is at Adventure Hawkins. And if you prefer to catch the show live, they live stream it on their YouTube channel, which is also Backlog and Beyond. So mm-hmm. um, might be doing a future collab with them. We might have to hang in and tune in for that maybe later. No spoilers. <laughs> so you know, um, you have the worst bluffing face. 
I have ever. <laughs> Me? Yes. <laughs> Listen, I don't tend. I don't play poker. I'm not a bluffer. So. <laughs> Listen, not at all. So I don't pretend to hide anything. I wear my heart on my sleeve. <laughs> That's a bad place for it. Yeah, it should be in your body, <laughs> keeping you alive. <laughs> so, all right, peeps. Thanks again again for tuning in. Uh, appreciate it as always. Contact us on the social medias if you want to hear anything. Tell us about your favorite game mechanics. Do you like dying? Maybe you don't like dying. I don't know. <laughs> well, nobody likes dying, but, <laughs> you know, whatever. I'm, All right. We we're it. signing we off now. This we're is the end of off. the show. We're, that's it. We're done. Screw it. We're, we're done. done. <laughs> Talk to you guys later. Bye. Later. <laughs>